Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. So the first time we met was in 1999 when we are, we were in our 20s. We were really young then. And uh, we met actually at a retreat Yes. for a uh, spiritual retreat for black gay men, actually called Adoti. Mm-hmm. And it was held outside of Chicago at Northern Illinois University. And so um, I had been to Adoti before. I think it was your first time. It was. And um, I saw him, the memory that steps out in my mind is I saw you in the elevator. And you did. I was like, <laughs> he's really cute. But more than that, it was just something special. Like it was just a really special kind of chemistry. And then we saw each other through the weekend and uh, ended up making a little bit of a connection, nothing really significant. And then um, we ended up seeing each other some months later. Yes, um, back in Chicago. At a club on the dance floor. And uh, (laughs) he was there with someone. I was there with someone. He was there with someone that he was seeing at the time. And um, I just remembered that special chemistry we had. I remember like it being such a special moment. So I saw him from across the room, and I was on the dance floor dancing. He was on the sidelines, and who he was and, with yes. had walked away. And so I walked up to him and gave him a kiss. He did. There we go. Just That's walked up happened. to me, <laughs> like no high, no nothing, and just kissed. I wanted then, to be remembered. And then <laughs> kissed me, and then walked away. And I walked away. <laughs> I walked away. So, uh, fa- so. Literally, we lost contact. I mean, this is like pre-Facebook, pre-all But I that. remembered the kiss, and right? Of course. And so fast forward about, hmm, about three years later, we're both in Atlanta, Georgia. Like, I did, we didn't know that we both were here. And we saw each other at church. We did. And uh, we, did. we uh, agreed to have dinner the next Sunday mm-hmm. after we saw each other. Five-hour dinner, and like halfway through, it was special. And yeah. I, I knew, I knew. Yeah. I think I had some convincing to do, but I knew. <laughs> so yeah. No, we had okay. dinner in October. Okay, okay, we'll get back there. Uh-huh, it was October 21st, He's so good with dates. Yeah. Okay, so is that your MO? Like, like do I, I just, I'm bold? No, <laughs> I am bold, but... <laughs> You know what? It was really um, there was really special chemistry there. No, so no, that's not that's not my mo. <laughs> um, and it was just that was in my twenties. That was in my twenties. We were at the club, like it was. It, it was nothing I do in my forties, but it was one of those like truly twenties moments. And it yeah. just happened to work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but you did it and then walked away. So you I did. walked away. I did walk away. He did. I walked away. He did. You know, I'm, I think the the purpose of me doing that was about planting a seed. It wasn't a plant yet, it was only a seed. And so I planted the seed that would, you know, years later would come and And it, it didn't appear random. It, it like, it was very intentional. So I like, walked into him and I started <laughs> dancing with him while he was on the sidelines. Not for very and long. I, well, I still danced with you a little you bit. You did. I gave you enough. <laughs> you did. 
I mean, I felt like in 99, it was a very special uh, connection. And it it was like we never, it was like we just picked up where we left off from that incredible weekend. Yes, yeah, so I knew. So literally, I was sitting just having a great conversation, talking about life. Um, and I knew a couple of things. One, I was sitting there and I was like, this man is supposed to be my husband. Like, this is it. Another thing I knew very definitively was that he was a pastor. Like, I just, I just, I just knew it, you know? And um, yeah, and life has turned out that both things have turned out to be true, so. I was actually working um, for a nonprofit organization in Los Angeles, and that's how I ended up at the retreat. And I walked out of the elevator and saw this beautiful man, but there were like all these groupies just, no, I didn't know. Four or five groupies just, you know, kind of like, because he's talking and, you know, they're just kind of googly eyed. But he, he, I mean, the truth is he radiated some kind of energy that was very um, intense to me. And I could see how you could have groupies. You did. They were, you know. He's so proud. <laughs> but, but, you know, the truth, I didn't know him that well, so it felt a little bit, what I know now is confidence, right? I think at the time I thought it was arrogance, you know, just, you know, he knew he was beautiful, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I will never forget that energy. And that was kind of the energy that I saw in the dance club on the dance floor. Yeah, so. Um, so I was 26 at the time. I. Yes, I had thought about marriage. You know, you know, this was so this was in 2002. So, which you know, this is pre-same-sex marriage. This is at a time in which you know, at best, people were doing commitment ceremonies in terms of gay yeah, couples. Best. And so, you know, it it's it was always something I wanted, something I believed I deserved to have. Um, but the construct of the world at that time was not. I don't know, wasn't the first thing you really thought about. So I think for me, when I sat there and I knew he was being my husband, was a really powerful because that was not the thought I'd ever had with anyone else. And, um, you know, so yeah. And I think that was, he says I had a little convincing, you know, I had to convince me. I think some of that was what I was feeling. You know, I, I felt that I was called to ministry. And this is at a time, like, how does that, even now, like, how does that work? How do you reconcile being called to Christian ministry in a very conservative climate, if you will, uh, especially in the black church, and then know that this man across the table from you, you're supposed to be married to. We didn't have that language back then. We didn't, like, it was a different world from my perspective. So I, you know, I spent time trying to figure out, like, how, how does that work? Um, the beauty is that not only has it worked, but in some ways, I believe that our, our life, our marriage, our family has been an example for people uh, to know that it's possible. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that same energy, that same courage. One thing about this man, when he is serious about what he wants and what he wants to do, um, while he's open to perspective, He's, he's pretty clear. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, he didn't have a lot of bells and whistles in terms of, I, you're gonna be my husband. He kind of was like, 
you're gonna be my husband. We're gonna put our <laughs> lives together. You know, let me know when you're ready. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, I kind of need to think about it. But he's he's very confident, and I think that confidence is what drew me in. I, I didn't have answers. I didn't know how it would work. Um, but he was so confident that I was to be his husband. And the language he really used at the time was, to, you know, we're going to spend our lives together, so this is the way it's going to be. Mm. <laughs> that's really, that's the truth. You know, that was pretty convincing, right? Um, yeah. But of course, he's cute, so that helped. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so, you know, I was actually, actually in thinking about this, I was, I don't remember... Do you remember an actual like hardcore proposal? What I remember was us having this conversation about, at a certain point we began to live together. And he was like, I will not be shacking. I was like, shacking? <laughs> he was like, I will not be shacking. And so, I'm safe. And so um, we, we, we sort of decided we were gonna get married. I don't remember who asked whom, I don't know that we took sort of that traditional route. Um, but we decided that we were going to get married, that, you know. You well, know. We, we had created a home. Well, I mean, had, yeah. at that point, we I mean, a home. We weren't, you know, wasn't like, this is my boyfriend. Right. I mean, we started the business of life together in a very interesting way, very settled in. So it just made sense. It made sense to get married. Like, we, that, we're so, Christians. This is what Christians do. Yeah. We that's get what we married. Did. That's what we did. That was our stance. That's, that's what we did. Really kind of. Yeah. When nobody else, it was like pre everybody getting married. Right? Yeah, nobody was getting married. Yeah. I mean, no one jumps to mind in terms of a same sex relationship that was uh, that was married at the yeah. time. That was close to us. Yeah. And and looking back, it wasn't. We weren't trying to make a statement. We were trying to. We were. You know. We knew that we were gonna spend our lives together. It was very clear. We didn't have to have a lot of conversation about it. And, you know, we did what was natural. And for us, it was like officializing our commitment together, yeah. Was there a blueprint, whether that be your parents, your grandparents, same or same sex or not? Hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't know that there was a blueprint. What's true is that when I looked at my family, um, there were many things that my parents got right, and there were some things that I, I had some lessons I learned from them. And so, yeah, so like I didn't, I don't, I didn't look at them and say I want to be like them. I looked at them and said, okay, what did they do that I want to continue to do and to bring into my marriage? And then what are those things that's like, hmm. I'm gonna do that different, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that that for for at least in my approach mm -hmm. was helpful because you know my parents weren't married when they had me. They had me after shortly after high school, and then they had marriages to different individuals, and then which ended in divorce. And then my dad got remarried, and he's currently married to uh, my wonderful, wonderful stepmom um, of 25 more than 25 years now. So. You know, there are things that my dad really got right, but he really got right, I think he would say, on the second time around. Mm -hmm. You know, I came from a very traditional black family that was complicated, right, in terms of relationships. I think in my family, you know, marriage was always the ideal. 
I come from a very strong religious uh, background. And even though people weren't always successful in it, um, I think people knew that was the best path. So I think naturally when we got together, that's why I kind of said, we're not gonna shack. Like mm -hmm. this is the way we need to do it. Because I think what's important when we talk about black love and black families, not underestimate the power of this message around marriage. Mm -hmm. Even if it is not always successful, I think growing up in an environment that had these strong messages around commitment, help me and helped us know that this is for us the best path yeah um you know i so i think the first 10 years it's interesting so we we have the ideal of marriage like this is the ideal to be married right but and and we'd had experiences watching our parents uh work through the challenges of relationship but we didn't have the real template. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. You know, this is how this works. This is how this doesn't work. And then we're trying to figure out is, it, we didn't really talk about this, but is it different that we are a same sex couple? You know, is marriage different for us? So I think the first 10 years, we subtly worked through those questions. But I think like any couple, big stuff, which still is the work, is communication. Yeah. Like, what does that look like? Because we are from two completely different worlds, planets, if you will, yeah. you know. we Our styles can be the same in some instances, but they're completely different. So, you know, and our background. So, you know, trying to live together from different worlds is a whole new thing. Trying to work it out in this construct called marriage. And I think the first five years um, took work. But the other side, you know, we, we've talked about this before. We've had challenges just like anybody else, all of the challenges, right? But I have to say this, and I'm not just saying this because we're on camera, but he's, he's unique. <laughs> you know, when it gets tough, right? It's gonna be tough. But he is easy to love. That's the truth. I think sometimes when, when people are asking questions about marriage, you know, trying to figure out like, what, what? You know, sometimes I'm almost embarrassed to say he's really easy to love. And even when we've had challenges, one thing I can say about him, he's willing to do the work. Okay. Even when he's like, mm, you know, I need, I need 10 minutes. <laughs> He'll come back and do the work. Like he's willing to do the work. Which is important. Which is, you know. Because marriage it, is work. It only works if you are willing to do the work. Like, it can't be one person will do the work and the other person's like, you know. And sometimes, you know, people have to figure out how do they get back to the table, right? But I think what makes it easy is, you know, when we've had to have difficult conversations, he's willing to have it. You know, sometimes I've not always been willing to have the difficult conversations immediately. But he's, to me, that is what makes him so wonderful. He's willing to do the work. I, couples that sh struggle with lasting, right? I think it's always because somebody checks out and is right. unwilling to do right. the work. It's hard work and tough work. So right? so we, we early on, um, one of the rules we sort of set for ourselves was oh, yeah. that 
We set rules, we, guidelines. We don't leave after, during or right after an argument. So that whole thing of like, you know, blow up, have this major fight, and then someone walks out the door. We just agree that we don't do that. Um, be mad in the room. Be mad. In, we we got to stay in the room <laughs> and be mad and like do the work to work through it. And that, you know, I mean, sometimes it got, it was rough, right? Like sometimes it's like, I don't, you know, you're getting on my nerves and I want to, you know, go get some air and leave. But I always felt like um, there's danger in leaving and opening a door and walking through it when there's in the middle of conflict. Mm -hmm. And so that just never was comfortable for me. It just, it seemed like, like, I don't think this is the right time for me to be walking out when we're both mad mm -hmm. and just, mm -mm, we need to get this right. Mm -hmm. And then before we walk out and before we leave. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing is that, um, you know, I, when I look back on it, the early years was about learning who we are as mm -hmm. individuals, individuals mm -hmm. and accepting, accepting each other yeah. and not trying to do work to change the yeah. other. Yeah. And that was a really, like, I mean, I, I just, just thinking about some of those early years, like it was, I think some of our early, um, you know, arguments was all connected to, you're not doing what I want you to do. You're not thinking how I want you to think. Mm -hmm. You're not saying what I want you to say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, getting to a place where actually loving him just the way that he is, mm -hmm. not the way mm -hmm. I want you to be. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I feel like that was when we were able to fall into really, really deep love. Mm -hmm. um, we got to a place of accepting each other for who we are mm -hmm. and not for what we would want them to, to be. And then one other thing, if I can just yeah. say, yeah. Um, for me, I've always felt like I'm a better Rashad because of who he is to me and being in my life. Like I am oh. my best self because he is my other half. And you know, that has been very sustaining even in those really difficult moments because in those difficult moments when you wanna walk out that door, I get to ask myself, am I my best self because he's my husband? And I, I always, even in the worst moments, I end up with yes. How did you get to the point where you could accept the other for who he is. He wouldn't change. <laughs> I kept trying to do the work to get him to change, and he just wouldn't change. So if I'm gonna be here, I got to accept that you're not gonna change. <laughs> That's how it happened. <laughs> but the truth is, you know, you, you, your your spouse, there are things that do change because people change yeah. over time. I mean, you know, people change every few years, right. you evolve, right? right? Uh, but there are some core things that won't change. And it's so interesting. <laughs> the very thing that attracts you to your spouse, right? Is the very thing months later or years later you're fighting over. You know, so like, right. I love the fact that you're so aggressive, you know, you're so, opinionated you just you know you're you're assertive and you're courageous well they're not just courageous when you like it <laughs> courageous in the conversation <laughs> that you don't like right and you over time learn this is the very thing i love about this person and so sometimes you have to step back and say okay what is it in me that has not shifted well that somehow has changed the narrative that 
you know, courage is all of a sudden bad. You know, I don't like this courage. And, and so over time, um, I think marriage, marriages that work require a lot of self-reflecting. Like, you know, I think when, when times are tough, it's easy you, to say, you know, you didn't do this or you didn't do that. And I don't like, but, you know, I think you have to step back and say, what is it in me that is also a part of this challenge? It's always, you know, it's always yourself. It's always yourself. And I always believe, you know, maybe this is the optimism part of myself, that your spouse um, can respect you more when you acknowledge, you know, the change is not just in you, the change needs to be in me. It makes a, you know, reconciling a converse or argument so much easier. You say, you know what? These are the areas within me that I need to work on that have been a part of the challenge. I think as you get older and as you get more settled in the marriage over the years, you know, I think couples just naturally fall into this flow, you know, of um, really understanding each other and not fighting it so much. Right. And and I also believe, you know, and, and I say this very simplistically, I know it's complicated and it's complex, but I think the more you are together and the more you know this person's gonna be here, um, it's a lot easier to be vulnerable and That's say, true. you know, because this person knows you and they know you need to do the work. That's it's true. not like they don't know that you don't need to do the work. Um, and I think it becomes easier to self-reflect because you know this person knows. Because there's a security that you're going to yeah. be there. Like one of the things he's one of the things that he would always say to me. He would say, "I will be with you in a cardboard box." Now, anyone who knows me, you're like, knows, we're not going to be in no cardboard. I'm not going to be in a cardboard box. No. But what did you do? What I meant? It, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be in a cardboard box. But what it did do is it created. I didn't have to worry about him not being there. And I think that, um, you know, you think, when I think about my life and the relationships I saw that were, you know, unsuccessful or successful, sometimes that the core issue was that folks weren't there. And so I have been very fortunate in my marriage that I don't have to worry about, I don't think about whether or not he's gonna be here. Like there's concrete stability and a firm foundation in that way. I've never had a moment when I was like, is he gonna be there, be here? Is he coming home or is he, you know, I've just, this has never been, and that, that has mattered. Mm -hmm. It has mattered because I think when you don't have that security, it can really create some real dysfunctions. Mm -hmm. So anyway. And the is to work through the hard stuff. Yeah. You can't work through the hard stuff if you're not there. That's right. <laughs> or if you don't feel that a person will really be there. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted kids. I always, I love, well, I love kids. And so my mother is like super mom. Like she, she wears is. a cape, like super mom, right? And so I have that nurturing side in me. And I really did not know how it could work for us to have such big lives. And he has such a big life. What would that mean to raise kids in that? Mm -hmm. You know, because 
from my perspective, you know, and this was before kids, like you give a thousand and everything you have to this little human being. Of course you should, but then there's balance, right? You, you, know, you, you, you love God, you love yourself, you gotta take care of yourself, you have to, you know, give back to the, the world. And I just didn't know how that would, would work. And he kept pressing it. He was like, we, we need to talk about this. I want kids. I was like, yeah, well, you know, give me a minute. One time I think I told him, give me a year. And you know what, he gave me a year. I did. And really almost to the date, because he's great with dates. He was like, that year, that year is up, let's talk. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always wanted, I always knew it was part of a, part of our destiny and I knew that I was uh, I was mm. called to be a father mm. and so um, I I, <laughs> I think at the part of my tena tenacity and some and persistency and some of our conversations before we had children was very connected to I felt like we had built a very wonderful life mm. we had a deep foundation and to not have children would be selfish Mm -hmm. I just felt like it'd be selfish. I, I, don't, I don't visit that on others, mm -hmm. but I felt like for us, given all that God had blessed us with, to not have children would be selfish mm -hmm. and would not be consistent with our call. Mm -hmm. So he was apprehensive. I felt like, you know, kids grow up in all kinds of circumstances and they'd be just fine. And um, I mean, that's what I would tell him, right? I'd be like, we'll adjust, like life will adjust. And life has adjusted. I mean, you know, his mother lives with us after we got our son. So we have our daughter and our son, Kaylee and Joshua. Mm -hmm. And a few months after Joshua came, uh, mom came in and, you know, then, you know, mm -hmm. a little while after that, we were able to make sure she was well taken care of and mm -hmm. got up in law suite four. And so, you know, life adjusted. And mm -hmm. so, you know, our life has only gotten bigger and more on our plate, mm -hmm. um, more responsibilities. Um, but, you know, I believe that most people would say, and I think the kids would say that, you know, we're good dad and daddies, <laughs> right? Like, I hope so, yeah. I hope so. But I think people, you know, this, this misnomer, you know, I can't have kids until certain things are in place. And I think that is what creates this apprehension, created the apprehension with me. And now I know you know, all of these things that I thought had to be in place. And, you know, we have a, a wonderful life, but children, more so than all of that stuff, like that's our stuff that yeah. we believe people they want have to be like stuff. Love, they want to be loved, be nurtured, nurtured, attention, yeah. food, clothes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some of the right. basic things. It's really basic. Yeah. 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 But, I, but I, now I think our lives have been committed to service. Right. Like, you know, we pastor a church. Um, he works in a field of serving people. I mean, we serve people. So I think um, there, I don't believe there was ever this sense where we sort of hoarded our space that way. Um, I think it was more so from my vantage point, like how is this gonna work? <laughs> and it's amazing. He used to always tell me like, you know, we have more than most or many people, and um, we're gonna be okay. And we have a wonderful village. Yeah, I mean, we, have we have a such a huge We have village. a wonderful village yeah. of, you know, uh, aunties and uncles and, you know, grandparents. And it's just, everyone Everyone falls into place. You know, we, do, we definitely don't do it solo. 
but I'm so glad that we did. Yeah. 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 Being a provider is important to me. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think at the I think what sort of those core elements of oneself that would be that's definitely a big part of my love language mm-hmm. is you know my ability to provide and provide a home. Yeah. Is it really it really really matters. And so I don't think I knew that about myself. The other thing that I didn't know about myself until marriage is that I had such capacity to love. I just didn't. Um, I never had to in that way. I mean, I love my parents and I love my siblings and family and stuff, but it's a different, marriage is a different, different love. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I didn't know that I could love someone the way that I love him. And then when we got our two children, Joshua and Kaylee, I realized that I have this ability to love even deeper. Like I just didn't know love goes that deep until, you know, they came into our lives. And so those are two big things that I know about myself now that I didn't know about myself then. I want that answer. (laughs) (laughs) I want that answer. I love that. Um, I think, you know, this is the truth. I heard, I actually heard Oprah say this. <laughs> but sort of to the effect that when, when the universe or God wants to heal you or grow you or evolve you, God or the universe will send you someone. Hmm. I didn't understand that statement because I believe I heard that statement before I was married. I found that to be incredibly true. <laughs> hmm. That my own healing you know, and I, I'm responsible for my own healing. Like, that's not his job. Before I get to my point, I think that's a really big point, that I can't put the demand on him to be my healer. That is my job. I have to do that work myself to work through my own stuff. Like, he's there to support it, but it's my, my work. But I will say that for me to evolve into the person that I believe I'm supposed to be, to be the man that I'm supposed to be, to be a father, um, to be all of these things that I'm supposed to be in the world. It is because, for me, in my context, in my experience, it is because God sent me someone to help me walk through that and, and, and become that. Now, it's not easy work, because the one thing about a spouse is they show you who you, they know who you really are, and they help to show you who you really are. You know, you can't hide from your spouse, even when you're like, I'm fine, you know. They know you. They know your energy. And, you know, the longer the marriage is, they know you. They know how you flow. They know they know everything about you. And um, one thing I learned is that I can't be all these things that I want to be without someone. And that someone, including other people, mentors and, and things of that nature, but... In terms of marriage, this this person here, I know you said it earlier. I, I love the way you said it. I want to take it again. <laughs> I want to say it again. You know, I'm a better me. It is so true. Like, oh my God, I don't want to get emotional about it. But it's so true. I am a better me. I'm a better me. I'm a better father. I'm a better son. I'm a better pastor. Because this man showed up. You know, I don't, Sometimes I look at him like, you still here? <laughs> You're putting up with me? Like, because I know I can be 
I'm not always the easiest person. A lot of times I'm not easy. Uh, but, you know, I am better because he is here. And I embrace that and I, I appreciate that. Oh. Even when I don't always say it. I know I don't always say it, but it's true. It is really true. It is really true. I don't believe that there should be a, a, a parentless or mentorless child anywhere. Mm-hmm. You find a child to mentor, mm-hmm. to pour into, but it's such a privilege and an honor. There's no book. My, you know, my mother used to say this all the time. There's no book. I'm looking for the book. You know, we have we have stacks of books. So we got for our first child is books, and we just reading the book. We found out there is no book, right? There is no book. Yeah. But having uh, the great privilege of these children allowing us to parent them because it seems as if this is so much bigger than the decision to have them, right? It's almost like they chose us. Uh, because I think the other thing about this, this is that parenting shows you, it's much like marriage, it shows you yourself. It does. It completely, these children show you more of who you are, who you need to be, who you already are, who you should be. They show you that on a daily basis. And your core self, right? Your core self. Like not the made up self, like, you know, they reflect back to you who you are at your core. You know, they see you in your best moments. They also see you in some of your worst moments. Mom's here. She, let's be clear. She is. She is here. She's very much helpful and part of the, yes. the equation. I, so when we have this commitment. Every Friday night is date night. So no matter as long as we are both in the same city, mm-hmm. it's it's date night. Now sometimes, as having kids, that has evolved into also family night. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we we covet it. And everyone who's connected to us mm-hmm. knows, and mom included, mm-hmm. that Friday night. It's date night. Mm-hmm. It's it's our time. It's our time to connect. I mean, and, t- and sometimes it's nothing big and you know fireworks. Sometimes I'm simply like sitting here, going, having a drink, yeah. going to the movies. Like it's simple. Like it's you know having pizza, but it's our time to really connect with each other and uh, be one with each other mm-hmm. in a way that sometimes all that we're responsible for, yeah. you know during the course of a week can just kind of get in the way of. You know, I will say this. It may sound really interesting. Have fun. If you got to figure out how to have fun, (laughs) laugh, enjoy each other. And that's work too. Because you don't always feel like that. You know, life is life. And, you know, you ride the wave. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. But there has to be effort and not, you know, not just the communication part, you know, the traditional things in terms of work, communication, you know, all these things. But it's also making sure that this space, the home that your marriage resides is fun. That even when, even, even after you've worked through the difficult moments, that there's a commitment um, to enjoying this life. You don't have to have a lot to do that, uh, but there has to be a commitment to laughter and and joy and an intentionality around it. You know, we've said this. You know, we've even demanded that the people who come in this house, particularly the house, this house requires a certain level of respect. You know, negativity and negative energy and bad energy. 
uh, we have to be very conscious about about that because that also impacts the energy of our marriage. Um, and so I think you know making it fun and a commitment to to that is critical and important. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just just to build on that, I think you hang in there through all the changes. I think this is you know sometimes um, as you know 14 years about to go 15 years. We're not the same person as we were when we were, you know, in our late 20s. And things change. And embracing that change is, I think, really important. I mean, I, and I think that sometimes, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've had these moments where it's like, oh, wow, he's changed here. I've changed here. Mm -hmm. And really, instead of resisting it, actually embracing it. And I guess keeping it fun is important. I got to have a good time, enjoy each other. Mm -hmm. And it really helps in the difficult moments because you have those memories, um, which is the last thing I'd say. Travel, see the world, and create beautiful memories. Yeah. Because when you are having that tough time, having beautiful memories helps you get through those difficult moments. You know, another thing, which he's really great at, and he's taught me, you know, he really has. Learn to let things go. And of course, you know, th there should be ways in which the same thing, if it keeps coming up, you have to find ways to work through that, right? Uh, but I think a lot of times when you have difficult moments, sometimes couples keep bringing up the past. And then you find out that there are things that they didn't let go of. In a tough argument, you know, well, you know, the truth is, last year, you know, let's talk about what happened. You're like, let's leave last year, last year. <laughs> Why you you, and, you know, if you didn't have the courage to bring it up last year, you know, we shouldn't be talking about it now. Um, and so I, I think to make a marriage strong, you have to learn to, you know, forgiveness is key. Forgive over. And if you're going to be in the marriage, yeah. if you're going to be here, yeah. you have to forgive. And if, if something keeps coming up, get some help. There's nothing wrong with help. There is nothing. As a matter of fact, I, I, as a pastor, I say this. Just come to the pastor or the therapist or the counselor when things are bad. <laughs> you know, check in when things are good. It's okay to check in around the marriage. Uh, but, you know, I think what's very damaging is we hold on to, we hold on to things and, and serious things, you know, tough things that happen over the over time in a marriage uh, that can be hurtful, bad decisions, but you, you gotta move forward. You've got to move forward. I think it's always helpful. And if something comes up that needs to be addressed, let's talk about the issue at hand, right. not about all the conversation. You know, we've been talking about this for 15 years. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think that's really key. I think it's really key. Really key. And he's really taught me that. So one thing that he's really good at, because you keep saying I'm really good at you stuff. You are. It's, just it's so, true. So no, I'm not. It's true. <laughs> I tell you this all the time. But one thing that he's really good at that I think, um, and he's so much better than me. You know, I, I'm very much sort of the, um, I, I take a lot of pride in being a provider. He takes a lot of pride in being a nurturer. And I think there has to be someone that between the two of you or any married couple, that sees it as their job to nurture the relationship. Because anything that's living, that's not nurtured, eventually mm. dies. Mm. And so the relationship must be nurtured. Mm. And that's something you're very, very good at. Aww. Like I get flowers and cards all the time. Like it's you know, 14 years later. Yeah, it's really beautiful.
We'd really try to do that. Like, whatever you did when you were dating, you should continue to do. Probably do it more. <laughs> for no reason. Chocolates for no reason. Um, kisses, affection, like that's really huge. Now, of course, that's my love language, but you know, that's really important. Yeah. But flowers and cards, and whatever it is that, that says, a reminder, I really do appreciate you being here. Those types of messages, you know, a lot of times in marriages, we, we, will, we will intensely talk about the problems yeah. and won't like continually talk about the good stuff. Like, this is what I love about you. This is what I appreciate about you. Like that, that has to be a pattern. Yeah. That has to be a yeah. pattern of appreciation. Okay. If you want your spouse to be different, if you want your spouse to change in a positive way, it's not just about, you know, screaming at them about changing. It's about putting the messages out there. And in some ways, if you want your spouse to be more affectionate, almost to- You gotta be that that you want them to, to be. To be that. Yeah. And when your spouse shows more, like celebrate it. Yeah. Oh my God, honey, you are so affectionate. <laughs> it may not be, oh my God, you are so, it's true. it's true. Like whatever it is, just to celebrate it and, and just as much time as, as you spent on critiquing it, to celebrate it when it shows up, when you see that your spouse is trying to really embrace it and to go a little overboard about it. Because eventually, you know, they'll be like, oh, you know, I got some love because I did better. <laughs> I want some more love. <laughs> it works, actually. Yeah.